Gracias por entrar a otro episodio de Friends of Friends, Amigos de Amigos. Soy Abby y bienvenidos. Welcome to season four of Friends of Friends. If you haven't been here, my name is Abby. And first of all, I wanted to make a new announcement. The numbering of the episode has, episodes has gotten a little out of control. So season four is just going to keep going forever, infinity. <laughs> so excuse me for that. It was just triggering my OCD. I was overthinking it. I was like, what episode was it? And I really wanted to create categories. So that way everybody could go to different categories and stuff. But for my own confusion and mental stability, <laughs> I am just going to give up and call season four the forever season. <laughs> Not that wasn't planned, but the four ever season, season four. I mean, it's beautiful. So no pun intended, but this episode is really cool. Um, it's taken me a long time to be able to realize some of these things on how uh, our families have a big impact on our emotions, on our stability, on our life. And I want to highlight some of my own challenges versus the reality and then how I handled myself out in the world uh, in ways to thrive and fail um, because both happen, right? We, we can't just say that we're going to succeed and that's not real. So I'll go ahead and start with just family in general, right? A lot of people struggle um, to get approval from their parents, from their siblings, uh, there is that camaraderie of going, hey, you dummy, hey, you this, hey, you that. But past that, as families, do we have more vulnerability? Do we have that respect for each other to say, hey, are you okay? I see that you're a little bit down. Uh, do you want to sit down and have a conversation and then look at each other one-on-one -on -one and say, hey, are you okay? Um, I find that those situations are very rare in a lot of families and I'm not one to speak specifically about families because there's been just a crazy amount of things that happened to me. And that's kind of what I want to explain. Like I've had the craziest of the craziest experience and this might not be your experience and very likely is not. Uh, but, uh, but in the same, I guess in the same hand, it is important to highlight that your family is going to speak to you in ways that you don't always approve of. And they're going to have opinions of you that you're not happy with. But I want to help everybody realize that these opinions come from a place that should not impact you, but more so propel you to be that that you want to be, even though your family may not approve of it or your family might think you are crazy for doing something like that. Because there are those things thrown around, especially in my culture, where let's say somebody wants to go and be a singer, uh, your family might think that you're ridiculous and that you should focus in school and that you should, you know, get a real job. However, there are plenty of other families or other people or other humans in the world that might be able to champion that for you and help you by real means of taking real actions to help you thrive in what you want to do. So my own experience can sort of start from, you know, my childhood, we grew up very, very religious, and I would always judge myself against that religion. My grandparents raised me on behalf of their eldest son, uh, 
Uh, he did not raise me. He raised another two kids of his own, and my biological mom was nowhere to be seen. She's actually still in Mexico, and I haven't really ever spoken to her except for one really confusing time. And so my experience is, as mentioned, very, very new nuance. Um, but there were times where, as a teenager, you feel like you don't connect with your parents, and I did feel that, and in a way... My school, uh, a lot of counselors, a lot of people that were good in my life would tell me, write them a letter if you feel like you can't talk to your parents. Write them, uh, you know, how you feel and let them know how you feel. As maybe a teenager, I did this and my grandparents did not know how to operate with that. They thought that I was being dramatic. They laughed at me and they put away the letter and they thought, you're out of your mind. You're PMSing. Well, they did that and they looked at me as a child. Uh, you know, my feelings were just being of a silly child. I got my feelings very, very hurt because I felt like I was not listened. Very many different instances, I felt like I wasn't listened. And in their mind, they were just telling me what was best for me. They were trying to prescribe, hey, don't think about that stuff, just focus on God. But that wasn't enough for me. Maybe that was enough for them, but it was not enough for me. And so my experience from being a teenager and dealing with my parents, grandparents, family, who was just very dismissive of my emotions, I felt powerless to the fact that anybody was going to listen to me. But that's not the case. Uh, it took many years to realize that, but I went through my teenage years. I unfortunately got, you know, very poor grades in junior high, very poor grades in high school. And I sort of attributed that to just, you know, not knowing how to adjust, not knowing how to be blending into the culture. My grandparents didn't speak any English. And so my experience was very frail in the fact that I could not go out into the world confident because I didn't have that backing. I didn't have that understanding. However, my kid brain didn't blame them because I thought, well, it's my job to learn this. I'm a first generation person here in the U.S. and uh, maybe I just have to ask the right questions. But a lot of kids don't do that. A lot of kids will go and just make bad choices, uh, go with friends that are not very good for them, make decisions that maybe impact their life in a negative way towards the future. Maybe get DUIs, maybe party too hard and, and just really get lost in that. Um, again, because I've always just wanted sort of guidance, I would always ask. In fact, this is a really odd bit of a tip or like a story from me, but when I was like four years old, I was told that I got lost at Walmart and instead of panicking, I just went up to a person that worked there and was like, hey, I'm lost. Call this person's name. And they did. And my grandparents were like, the hell were you doing having that realization versus having a panic attack? I've just always been like very comfortable asking people for information. I grew up in a church where it wasn't scary to talk to people and everybody was a resource. So my experience in that, whether there was a lot of judgment or not, there was one great thing about it. It was that, you know, I was never afraid to ask, hey, why, where, what do I do? 
because I was a translator for my parents. I was a translator for my grandparents. I was always figuring out, hey, like, what do we have to do to make it in America, essentially? So that behavior stuck with me, even though no matter what moves I made, they were always laughable to my parents because I was not godly enough. I was not religious enough. I didn't speak in tongues. I didn't, you know, raise my hands when I, when we were singing on Sundays. I just was not that. I didn't feel it. I didn't understand it. I just had more questions because I, I just am always a more curious person. So my experience was there must be something wrong with me because I asked too many questions uh, because there's not enough answers for me. <laughs> and so I took that as a flaw in myself. And for very many years in junior high and in high school, I stayed quiet until my very last senior year, junior year, when I was like seeing everybody be prepared for college. And I asked, hey, I mean, I don't even know what's going on. How do I prepare for college? And my counselor was like, well, you can't. Your grades are terrible. You've done terrible. You haven't invested the proper amount of time to get into a college that is renowned or important or whatever. But we do have this little opportunity here to get into a cosmetology school if you write an essay. And my gosh, I love writing. I love writing about anything, about my feelings, about poems, about whatever. And so that's why it's always been a really good communication tool for me to write. And so I thought, perfect. One of my aunts went to beauty school. She didn't finish it. And so I thought, I'm going to be the one that goes to beauty school, finishes it, and does great at it. And I did. For years, I managed a salon. For years... I met a lot of people and trained a lot of wonderful girls at the salons. Um, and yet, even in my 20s, after I managed the salon and did great and provided for my children and everything, I was not religious enough for my parents. I was not uh, a believer enough in God to my parents. And so I was always feeling like I was not enough. So that's my experience with my family. The way that my life changed was because I started seeing all the negative feedback never ended. Uh, I went into a marriage very young. And from that marriage, I was always told that it was better for me to stay quiet because I had silly things to say that just let the adults talk. Because I am very, you know, just, I'm very weird in my thoughts, I guess. I'm not very typical. And a lot of my culture saw that as, oh, you're just, just go to work make a paycheck and come back and yeah you you know just just exist you're a good uh, you're a good mom just keep doing that and i still felt invalidated i still felt like i wanted to contribute more so it took me a lot of years to really understand like you know how to combat that and i i was not able to combat that it gave me it caused depression it caused anxiety i was not confident in speaking even up to my 20s i had great jobs you know, even I became an IT engineer and I still did not have the confidence to speak up because I was never really told by my parents, who is the people that are supposed to encourage you. I was never told, hey, you're great at this. Hey, you're amazing at this. Hey, you've got to keep doing that. You look great doing that. You look so happy doing this. Hey, tell me more about what is your passion. Nobody helped me sort of build that within myself and so you know as I got older and I had kids I realized that you know maybe it's important to help them feel like first of all there's no religion that can judge you I never tell my kids about religion but I did teach my kids that everybody is a resource so whenever we went out 
they're comfortable asking for a drink, a snack or whatever, you know, they clean up their own mess if we spill our drink in public. Like it's just, you know, we're all very respectful of our surroundings in that way. Um, but there are a lot of different challenges and people will always be challenging and that's not negative on them. It's because we all have different realities. And by that, I mean, I'm not trying to say anything out of a parallel universe or anything, but we all have different upbringings. We all have different ways of being raised. So for my grandparents, their parents told them that, you know, at least my grandma, because she's in a wheelchair, her mother told her that she was never going to amount to anything, that she was never going to thrive, that good luck finding a husband, because that was the priority back then. She found a husband. She made a beautiful home. She had five five kids. She raised me as her own. And nobody congratulated her for that. And because she was talked to in such a negative way her whole life, she doesn't know how to say anything else but sort of bully her kids throughout their life. And so by me just, you know, growing up and seeing different things and I just have a passion for studying psychology and people. I realized that what could have happened with my grandmother was that because she didn't hear confidence in her parents about her because she was handicapped, she was in a wheelchair, she tried everything possible to be that thing that they wanted, but they never gave her the approval. They never talked to her nice. In fact, I remember as a child hanging up on my great-grandma because she was insulting my my grandma, my the mother that raised me. She was insulting her and telling her that, you know, she didn't know something. And, you know, I just heard the negativity and so I'd hung up on her. And I got in so much trouble for that. But I just didn't like people saying negative things for no reason. To me, to other people, I didn't like people being bullied. My grandma, I saw her in a wheelchair, you know, my whole life. And people would look at her and really negative ways and I was always aware of that I was always aware of that reality where people were very superficial they want you to be a certain thing but they are not anything themselves and that's not to insult them but it's truly experience of seeing people that have nothing just sit and they're happy just regurgitating negativity and that feels horrible, especially coming from a person that you seek their approval. And you wonder, why, why? I mean, what am I doing wrong? Well, it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's that the reality is that they never heard anything nice. They never heard anything encouraging. So why are we expecting those people to give us something else that they're not aware of? Unfortunately, we have to see our family members as just humans who might have suffered and that suffering is sort of seeping out of their pores unfortunately because we can do that we can become blind to how we hurt people because of how we were hurt and we don't know the difference there have been times where unfortunately if my kids will show me their homework i might not even pay attention because i'm in a hurry and that happened to me as a kid so I try to stop and go, wait, what were you showing me again? I was totally in a hurry. I'm kind of an asshole. Show me again. 
And they value that, right? They they think, oh, okay, well, you're stopping. And, and my kids still at this age won't go, nah, screw you. I don't want to show you anymore. No, no, no. They will. They will show me. And I feel like in those small things, I am doing a little bit better than my previous generation. I may not have it all right. I may not, you know, be helping them as much as I think, but I, I rather talk in a more positive way or just be more curious about them than they were about me. So thinking back to my grandparents, thinking back to the way that they were raised, unfortunately, I expected too much of them. So there was a shift in my life when I was about 27. I had no idea I was adopted. I had no idea they weren't my parents. At one point, my half-brother just called me and was like, hey, I've been meaning to tell you this. Did you know that we actually have the same dad? And that was who I thought was my oldest brother. So if this makes no sense to you, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But uh, essentially, the pyramid is. I was raised by my grandparents who did not approve of their oldest son raising me, their first child out of wedlock, based on what I could only assume was to keep an appearance in church. Because till this day, my half-brother's family on his mother's side, which is not my mom, he's my brother from another mother, (laughs) essentially, um, his family doesn't know that I am his dad's, you know, firstborn. And so it's very strange that everybody sort of kept it in that circle and never really shared it out. And so at 27 years old, when I learned that I was adopted, instead of having a meltdown of, you know, seeing myself negatively, I felt free. I felt free that I did not owe these people anything. I didn't have to impress them anymore. I didn't have to seek out their approval. They're not even my relatives. Like, I don't, I mean, they're my relatives, they're my grandparents, but if anyone thinks back to their grandparents, they should be cute and cuddly, not oppressors. So I then all of a sudden felt a weight lifted off my shoulders, and I thought, oh my God. I mean, I have no parents, so therefore my parent is Mother Earth, and I am free, you know? I felt that way, and it was a huge relief for me because I, first of all, never felt close to them emotionally. I would always find it very strange to share emotions because we did not share emotions the same way and I couldn't understand why. However, in different instances, I shared emotions with my quote-unquote biological dad who I thought at that point was my brother and we would actually have very nice conversations about, you know, empathy and, you know, just being kind to people. And in those things, I think genetically there are little bits and pieces of your ancestors within you and you can choose to do the negative things whether for me it was being extremely judgy or not be judgy and just be supportive and so in my mind I thought I don't want to be judgy that made me feel like crap that made me feel like nothing and I don't want people to feel like that so at 27 when I realized that these people did not have 
or should not have as much weight as I was giving them, I sort of started checking my reality. And I checked my reality against medical sources, against emotional sources, against other people's conversations. And so my reality became, you know, clear little by little. My reality, one of my first big realities, again, like I mentioned, was just this big weight off of my shoulders. I did not have to meet the expectations of, of these grandparents of mine who were born in the 50s and their only expectation of a woman's life was be married, have children, and please don't work or you're neglecting your kids. That was their idea of uh, being a thriving, successful grown woman. Uh, so I could not live with that. And my new reality became, well, since I'm free and I don't have to meet anyone's expectations, I want to figure out what I want to do with myself. So I went to therapy. I uh, learned from therapy that even in romantic relationships, what is important is to make memories. Beyond that, you are two people who are choosing to share life together. And if you are going to begin to be disrespectful to each other, evaluate if the disrespect is more important than showing kindness. Because you can be annoyed of your significant other at any given time. I mean, they're a person and you can be like, what are you doing, man? But when you love someone and you don't take them for granted, the reality is that you can make a decision and say, hey, do you want me to help you with this? I don't think that this is healthy for you. Do you want my help? They're entitled to tell you to, you know, go pound sand or go F off. And a healthy relationship is based on you being there for each other and respecting each other's boundaries. If there were no boundaries shared, that's on you. And that's on you to say, hey, don't abuse me. Don't be mean to me. Don't bully me. So my reality started being pieced together by seeing how I was impacted as a child, how I felt not heard, how I felt unloved, how I felt unappreciated, and how I felt that people did not recognize what I was actually good at. And because nobody really empowered me to be that better version of myself, I didn't know to choose from right or wrong. I just would go to where people were less difficult, really, honestly. I mean, I would just go where it was easier for me to exist. And... Eventually, I started becoming very antisocial because I physically was getting very torn down by the negativity, by the lack of approval. And as my kids are growing up and as I'm growing up, I'm realizing that there isn't ever going to be a time where people 100% approve of what you're doing. And so I started seeing my reality against the entire world, right? Like I was like, I'm good at my job, but I am going to have challenges and I still have to thrive. I still have to do good. How can I do this, right? With maybe having issues with family or not having family, which could be very sad and lonely. And you want to balance those things in a healthy way. For me, unfortunately, it took a toll. It kicked my butt. I got depression really bad. 
I developed a lot of anxiety. I would even question how I would talk to my kids and how I would open up to them about emotions. And, you know, it doesn't do any good for people to judge each other. There's no good in that. So after reading, like I said, a bunch of psychology books on how to be mindful and how to be respectful, it's very easy now to see that those people that are hurting you, that are bullying you, that don't approve of your choices, that don't say, hey, man, you're doing a great job. Hey, you are beautiful. Hey, you are making me so proud for not being a belligerent drunk. being not being a jerk because you know your ancestors were definitely jerks but i'm so proud that you are not people don't have those conversations people don't grow from negativity and there's a lot of families especially in my community who will talk to each other and say oh you know you're just silly and oh you're just bucktooth bob or you're just pimply peter and you know, bloated Bob. And they can be, you know, sort of cute pseudonyms for people. But in the reality, they're little scratches. They're little negative connotations that, you know, to someone, it might be nothing. But to me, I will tell you that it meant everything to be complimented by the people that I loved. It meant everything to be complimented and respected by the people that bullied me, that didn't believe in me, that didn't want to listen to me. Why? Because when I appreciate someone, I appreciate them for whatever they do, right? And then when I don't hear it back, it feels very empty, it feels one-sided. And I mean, everyone in the world is screaming for that sort of kindness, that sort of love. The reality is that all those people out there hurting, all those people that Even we saw a break into the Capitol. Like, why wasn't a family member there to tell them, hey, don't make that decision? That is bad. That's a bad choice. Uh, For the cops that, you know, beat up black people, they're not thinking. They're thinking only about their danger of what they've seen on TV or, you know, just some sort of previous unfortunate conditioning and I feel sorry for those cops that have no heart and for those people that have no heart for colored people from minorities because it shows through their actions how little they were loved how little they were shown appreciation because all they want to do is hurt others all they want to do is injure others all they want to do is tear down someone's ego and our ego our pride doesn't have to be a negative thing my ego and my pride my better self is based on i am i am so aware that i am in the moment with my family members and i'm appreciating this moment that's my pride my pride is to appreciate those around me to the full extent and say you're the greatest you're so good at this i love what you're doing you're beautiful you're so good at this because I really grow from telling people what they're good at. I grow, I grew a lot from, you know, my customers at the salon when I did hair telling me, my gosh, I really appreciate how you do my hair. I really appreciate how you 
you know, help me. I never got compliments like that from family. I never. And it's not because they hated me. I don't really think they hate me. I honestly just think that it is uncomfortable for a lot of people to be complimenting of other people because we don't compliment ourselves. And it goes on to, you know, self-love. If I love myself, if I love how I am, if I love the way I treat people, it doesn't mean somebody else is going to appreciate it the same. They might think that I'm super annoying and super cheesy, but because they haven't experienced that and they haven't really understood what it's like to be appreciative, they might think it's disingenuous and it makes them uncomfortable. It used to make me very uncomfortable to be appreciative of people because I thought that they were going to be clingy and weird and whatever, but no, people love being appreciated. They love being loving and that creates a safer environment that helps us thrive. So from my experience of seeing my grandparents just tell me stories here and there of how they were treated poorly. Again, my grandma in a wheelchair, she was the oldest of 14 and her mother never ever called her anything else other than a nuisance because she was in a wheelchair and she didn't she thought that she was going to have to take care of her for the rest of her life because she was handicapped. So being talked to like that, I can't expect my grandmother to be the sweetest, most loving woman in the world. I would love that, but I can't. She, in fact, thinks that she's doing better for us by telling us, hey, you're fat, go fix yourself. Hey, you eat terrible, go fix yourself. Your skin is horrible, you should try this lotion. That is her quote-unquote way of showing love because nobody told her how to take care of herself. She just learned on her own. She just found a partner who protected her from being bullied. And unfortunately, my grandpa, he would also be unfaithful to her. He wanted to go out with women, you know, who paid attention to him in different ways. My my grandma was not affectionate in that way. And because she wasn't affectionate, because nobody was affectionate to her, she didn't know how to show him love. I don't condone infidelity, but my grandfather was never shown affection from his own family. Uh, everybody was sent to work. You know, when they were like 12, 11, they were kids from literally being born in the 1950s. So you got to imagine it was a whole different world. They started driving really early. And those expectations and that horrible way of living in that generation was set on me. That, you know, with all the possibilities of going to college, with all the, you know, abilities of learning English and finding a variety of jobs, being in the U.S. and having so much more opportunities... They saw my life as they saw theirs. In one way, they thought, well, you're not being religious enough, so therefore, you're screwed already, child. And because you're not religious, well, that's why you're not getting great jobs. And in my mind, I was always checking reality, and I was thinking, well, I'm not getting great jobs, or I'm not getting good grades, because I don't even know what the heck is going on. I'm the first generation doing this. And when we check our reality, you're a little bit kinder to yourself. It made me feel, you know, like I was able to understand them and their burdens, but they were not my burdens. And I did not have to take their judgments as serious as I did when I was a child, even though we all want the approval of our family. We all want the love and kindness from our family. But 
trust me that when you go out there and you really put yourself out there that beautiful way of the way that you are somebody will appreciate that i mentioned my customers join here they loved my work going into it people love asking me questions i am super 100 customer service i love helping people that is within me to give people answers i love resolving people's issues and so my reality became while i may not be religious which that doesn't matter to me and you know i don't care i am a good person and i encourage my kids to be whatever they want to be i encourage safety i encourage emotional safety which is hey i feel like you my kids my kids are more than encouraged actually to come and tell me if i'm doing something wrong because i was not able to do that as a child and my kids might be experiencing something i don't understand so this is one way that you could thrive in the world and check your own reality excuse me is to really go in and say to those people around you say hey might doing something that maybe you don't know why I'm doing it or maybe you would like me to stop doing or is there something that I do that is really annoying it's super fair to be asking those questions why because I don't know about you but to me I want to be a better parent and it's not my kids' job to parent me but I would love to hear my kids complaints about me so that versus when they get older they go ah oh, you used to do this because we all blame our parents for something. They can tell me right now, I really don't like the way your face looks. Sometimes they really actually tell me, "Hey, your face looks like you're in a bad mood. Are you in a bad mood?" and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm just thinking how I'm going to reply to this email or I'm thinking about, you know, whatever." And they go, "Ooh, okay. I thought you were mad. I thought I was doing something." And I'm like, "No." So, we don't even know what kind of burdens we're putting on people just by existing and you know you can't really address all of those insecurities but if it's your friend and if it's your children if it's your family you can really honestly say hey is there a way that we could be better at what we're doing i want to be here to support you better and maybe if you're having a difficult time if you're fighting a lot you can just really say hey i don't want to fight but i really want to be able to love you better and how can i do that we all have different love languages and it sounds again cheesy to think of those things but i am a loving person in a way that i will do things for people to show them yeah i'm here for you i don't do very many other things <laughs> i don't keep in touch with people i don't talk to people all the time i don't check in with people but when i do talk to them when i do see them i try to at least say yeah what do you need from me i'm here for you whatever and that's all i expect i'm not a very high maintenance person and i always just want to be there and i'm open and if people call me i will call them back and be like hey i missed your call what do you need i want to make sure that i'm here for you so there are so many ways that you can thrive and i know family is you know not everybody is adopted and so sometimes you think that your family is the end all be all opinion but they're not we're all just people and one really cool thing that i learned from learning that I'm adopted and doing my ancestry my DNA check is that I turned out to be like 43% indigenous which is native american and 
it turned out that like I could be part of the Hopi tribe and I read a lot about them and they have really a beautiful line and in their belief they think that you me the next door neighbor we are all as important as the trees that grow as the bushes that grow as the flowers that bloom and our life is just that so if I am just here growing I don't want to be on this earth impacting other people negatively I want to be on this earth at least going hey I'm a tree I grew do you need any paper do you need anything I mean I'm here uh, we're all resources from each other and the fact that we don't know that and the fact that we don't accept that and the fact that we don't prioritize that is what causes a lot of our depression, a lot of our anxiety because we feel like we're swimming in mud. So hopefully this helped a lot of people. I encourage you to respect and love your family. If you have family that is close to you, if you have family that loves you and respects you, just ask them very easy questions. Hey, how can I love you better? How can we be in a less tense situation? How can we do this? It's been a long way, but even with my boyfriend, my Mexicanness comes out and I was getting really depressed. I was getting very negative. I was getting very, you know, angry, upset, just nothing. And so sometimes we have to check our experiences and see, is my sad belief of what I was taught by my parents coming through and Am I damaging relationships because I'm sort of accidentally acting that out? I had mentioned in previous episodes that, you know, I get upset about the fact that, you know, it's hard for me to clean. It's hard for me to manage those things because my grandma always needed me to be clean and I could not be that person. As an adult, I learned that being messy, being disorganized is a sign of creativity and I am so creative, but uh, but she couldn't see it that way for her life. Like I could go and talk to her today and she would be like, no. You're just a fucking pig. <laughs> and so that's her point of view. And so the cool thing about my life now is that I think, wow, she feels that that is so important. That is how she defines herself. I don't. And I love that I don't take cleaning that serious. But it took years. And unfortunately, in those years, I would tell my kids, why the heck aren't you cleaning? Come on. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I would get frustrated with my boyfriend because also... You know, he didn't prioritize like I did. and Like I didn't. I mean, we both didn't. And so those little things, you wind up thinking, why am I getting so annoyed at something that I never wanted to get annoyed of? Like, I don't want to treat people like crap because of the things that I was treated like crap about. And you go and really check yourself. And then it could be exercising awareness, which is, you know, if you're mad, that anger inside of you can be a hint. This is something I'm learning from a book, um, Eckhart Tolle. If you have heard of him or read anything about him, that man's a miracle. But uh, if you feel like anger is coming on, he says in his books, that is the warning that you have to really stop and go, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't say some of the stuff that's about to come out of my mouth because I feel that my body's tense. It's angry. And every time I'm angry, it's not a good result. So maybe I should go really like, do some jumping jacks or push-ups or take a nap. And that's been working a lot. And it didn't work out for me for a while. And that's why I got, you know, to talk to my doctor. And I said, hey, I'm aware that I'm getting really upset about these things. I cannot stop it. I'm 
eating the right things. I'm stopping, you know, to take a break. I'm going and working out. I'm going to, you know, make sure that I'm calm. But in fact, it's making my anxiety bigger and my body feels exhausted and I'm tired. And then your doctor can say if that's something that you need medicine for, if that's something that you need, you know, help with. I emotionally need help with the production of serotonin, which is happy chemicals in my brain. My brain, because it doesn't operate like everybody else's, my brain will get stuck on an idea and think that that is the idea to be right about, even if it's completely wrong. And I will go and say, why? And my brain has very clever ways of saying, no, this is what it is. Like about cleaning, I would say, well, everybody has to be clean. Well, sure, but not to my exact expectation. And that's not what I was saying when I was not on medicine. Right now I'm on medicine and it helps me sort of soothe out all that anger that rises above, like above my emotions and my logic because emotions can really blind you. If you've ever been around a very angry person that is under the influence, there's nothing you can say. In fact, they'll tell you, talk to that person after they're sober because there's nothing you can say because their emotions and the chemicals in their body, the beer, the alcohol, the drugs or whatever, they have more of a say than logic at that point. So when we try to exercise your own experience by saying the reality is people can be challenging. Should I believe them? Should I not? And then when you check your reality and you go, okay, these are the things I have to do. I have to be nice to people. I have to encourage my kids. I have to, you know, root my kids on. I have to root my friends on. I have to be, you know, less angry about some of the things I have that I am angry about. And if you still can't do that, definitely go get yourself checked. There's no shame in, in that because if you want to have that self-discipline, if you want to be kinder to your friends, if you want to be kinder to your loved ones, the next responsible move is to go to the doctor and say, hey, I'm actively trying to be kind to people. I'm actively trying to be better for myself. I'm actively trying to not have so many difficulties at work because of my limiting attitude of my lack of confidence. I want to just go out there and, you know, not feel so incapable. And there are medicines for that. There are, you know, treatments for that therapists help resources so it all goes back to finding resources find your help find your solution and your family unfortunately if they're negative to you if they're telling you mean things always 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 see them with empathy and realize that that's all they've heard so that's all they can say and that doesn't have to be the way you move through the world you can definitely choose to move in kinder ways it's just going to take so much work because you're a branch of that tree. And being a branch of that tree comes with its goods and bats. It means that you unfortunately can have those same reactions because that's how you were raised. But those same reactions should be a trigger for you to enable the kindness in your heart that you want to actually receive. So hopefully this made sense. Hopefully it empowers you to make the right choices. And if you tell your family members, please don't treat me like this. Please respect me. 
and they still don't respect you, just kind of like I did in my letter to my grandma when I was a teenager, she laughed at me. She laughed at me and she said, oh, you're so dramatic. Then in my mind, I said to myself, I promised to myself from that moment on that my emotions were from me and my grandparents were there to provide. But my emotions, my decisions, my core self did not align with them. Because if I spoke with my heart and they laughed at me, then we don't speak the same love language. And I didn't know how to tell you that when I was a child, but I, you know, think back and go, wow, that was a relief that she laughed at me because I then, in little ways, I thought, well, I'm not going to sit there and try to convince her my whole life of appreciating me. She just doesn't. And she might appreciate me when she sees me and she goes, oh, I miss you. And oh, your kids are beautiful. And oh, your eyebrows are really hairy. That's her way of appreciating me. And that's all it is. My change is that I go back there and instead of feeling depressed, anxious, scared, I go over there and I go, hey, do you need anything? I mean, you really didn't do anything for me. I've told her this, but uh, do you need anything? I mean, you fed me. You were kind to me. And till this day, she'll go, no, I don't need anything. <laughs> so ironically, your bullies will surprise you. But, uh, but if you see them with empathy and sort of feel sorry for the lack of kindness that comes out of their mouth, then it's easy for you to move through and go, okay, I'm going to find people who appreciate me. And in true ways, you know, by sharing who you are and saying, hey, can you love me in this peculiar way that I am asking for? Can you rub my hair before I go to bed? Can you just listen to me talk about nothing? And those people who do that for you, those people who are there for you for those little things, that's the earth giving you the kindness that you deserve. If you expect it from your family, if you need it from your family, sometimes that's not possible. And we might all need, need, need it from our parents. We all might need, need, need this. But please remember that we are all part of nature. And our family is everyone. And I know that everybody seeks approval from their parents, but there is a really cool thing to be learned from the fact that, you know, as an adopted person, I didn't feel the burden to impress anyone. And so if your parents had you and they kept you and they judged you, that's not okay. Because what they should have done since they had you they brought you here they should be curious about you and what you're gonna do all they're there for is to help you and to champion you i don't see why you would have kids in any other way uh, i don't want to have children to berate them i have done it to my kids unfortunately and i have said sorry for it and it helps them grow me grow from our ancestors mistakes our ancestors they're in the past and if we don't learn from them, all we're doing is repeating that same nasty cycle. So instead of feeling depressed that people don't love you the way you need to, feel empowered that you can make a difference, that you can choose to educate yourself and love people the way that you wanted to be loved, that you can decide to not be that toxicity in someone else's life. You don't want to burden someone. You don't want to weigh someone down. And so... Hopefully this can help you thrive and encourage you to ask more people, hey,
do you want to have a better relationship with me do you want to work this out uh i'm trying to really not be in really awkward situations anymore let's get together and talk about it and some people will be like what the hell and other people will be like okay and they will open up so the people that have opened up with me are my daughters they appreciate how i tell them that you know my grandma did all these things to me and i try to talk to her and so it didn't work for them to you know be open and vulnerable but for me it works and i give my kids the option to be vulnerable with me and it's very nice that they hear both sides of the story and they choose to be open with me about what they feel like they want to be open so i'm there for that i'm not robbing them of that experience to be sharing memories with their mom as you know as i didn't have that i can make that difference for them that was not made for me and it still fulfills me in a way because i'm helping someone thrive in a way that nobody helped me so hopefully this helps you feel more comfortable in the world and not forever till you die seek approval from people that just may not see your value and you're beautiful and you're amazing and you deserve to be respected and you deserve to be championed through the world so hopefully this helps anyone out there and have a great saturday thank you for joining friends of friends have a good one bye